0: Welcome along to LOI Weekly Season 2, Episode 10, and we're getting into the heat of the season now with myself, Johnny Ward, and Daniel McDonnell, and we are as ever on Podcast Republic, Stitcher, iTunes, and SoundCloud. We're at LOI Weekly on Twitter, and keep us busy on Twitter because uh, we will have plenty to talk about over the course of the season, and in particular today as well because we have... Uh, Two of the, uh, the bigger characters in the game, certainly in Kenny Shields. He'll be on the phone later on. And in studio, we have Trevor Crawley. And we'll also have a bit of audio from Conor McCormack. Uh, I spoke to him after Cork City's game against Sligo uh, on Monday night. Uh, Monday choose, night? Choose Tuesday night. night. Hard Listen, to keep up. There's
1: so many games, Johnny. Hard to keep just, up. Just, you know, it's a, actually a completely understandable mistake.
0: And uh, that brings us into Trevor Crawley because we're here to celebrate your win over Rovers. But since then, you actually lost. And that's just the nature of this league this, this, this season.
2: Yeah, disappointing. Disappointing game. Disappointing to lose on Monday night. Um, it's, it's a quick turnaround to come on, come off the game. The, the Rovers games, and Rovers lost against Bray as well. A lot would have went into that game. A lot of intensity, a lot of physical effort. And then to go up to Derry's, it's a big ask. A quick, quick turnaround. So very little time to prepare, if anything. It's mostly video. and You're trying to prepare without actually moving and using too much energy which, which doesn't work so it's not, it's not um, how you prepare for a football game
1: This is now a part of the season now because um, I came up at Inchicore Monday night I was at the Pats Waterford game and I think it was Liam Buckley made the point about five games and 13 days next month and you certainly looked for them. I mean April has been bad May looks like it could be even more manic and I mean this is I mean I'm enjoying the league season there's a lot of stories there's a lot of things going on and um, But there comes a point where these midweek rounds and this run of games is going to catch up, I think, on attendances and, and quality. And it's tough, isn't it? I mean, it's tough to try and give every game the the respect or the, the preparation or the whole show that it needs with, with this relentless run of games, isn't
2: you, it? You can't. You just can't. You cannot prepare for a game properly when, you, when, it's, when it's three days after after the previous game. It, it just can't be done. You, you have to find other ways to try and look at videos and try and give players information, but you, you cannot prepare for, for a football game properly, what I would call properly. Um, you look at, we played Friday, Saturday morning, we're recovering, you're trying to do an active recovery um sunday then you're in and you've got well I suppose you've got as much time as you want to take but you're on the pitch and you've got to be be limited with the the, the movement how much energy you expend because you're going to play the next day and and then you're travelling up to Derry and it's 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 quite a travel um so there's 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 no preparation. Like if you look at most other sports, the preparation into games, the, the ratio of training to games is a, is a lot higher, and that means you can prepare for the event. Whereas we're not preparing for the, for the games. And last week was the first full week we had coming into the Rovers game, and, and we played well. and and. and it's no surprise because we had a week's preparation coming into it. The previous time we had a week's preparation co- was coming into a game was on the 5th, I think it was the week of the 5th of March, which was a month, slightly mm. over a month previous. And we played against Pats. We, we actually lost the game, but we played really, really well. And you can work to to have performance, to look for a performance, to work on a performance. Um, but when, when you're just doing it every three days, you can't do that.
0: You seem quite frustrated by that because, you know, obviously you have a, a reputation as a coach. But if you were saying there was five or six weeks between you actually having a week to prepare for a game and the next one, um, that must be frustrating because that kills your job in a way.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. And we've young young players. Like, if you look at through the league, what what's the league about? What are we trying to do? Are we trying to have young, vibrant players to help educate them and help develop them to, to potentially maybe move abroad, move, move to England? Most of them go, but but why not to other countries? And or then play for it, Ireland, play for, and into the international team. But how can you pre- you can't prepare, you can't develop anything when you just keep playing every three days. You, you just you just cannot do it. And I just think I just think it's it's crazy. The stakeholders need to look at it and. Check as you look at the pitches at this time of the year. They're quite poor to try and play every three days. You can say, well, you're, you're away at times, but there's times you're not, they're back-to-back. You look at the travel for fans. So it doesn't work for anybody, but it certainly doesn't work for helping players to develop, to, to try and perform, to help them to perform. Our young players are trying to learn how we, play, how we like to play. Um, we're trying to educate them about what we want to do, how, how we want to do it. But when you can't do that, it's hard to be critical of them when, they, when they don't, if, if they don't perform. Um,
1: and, and just to address this point, I think it's important. Maybe people are wondering why this is the case, right? So we've gone to a 10 team league this year. We've gone to a 36 games from a 33 scenario. So there's more midweek games, there's a the mid season break. But ultimately, the short, you know, the, okay, there's been a decision made to play 24 games this side of the mid-season break and you know the other 12 later in the year that's to do with the FAI Cup uh, the Cup weeks and to avoid a situation whereby if a club does well in Europe that you don't have a mad congestion like you had a couple of years back and that's fair enough Um, but the other point is that um, there are clubs that would favour a shorter season because you know they have to stretch it out they have to pay more money longer contracts you know more overheads so so does it come to a point, Trevor, you think, where well, we need to have almost a sense of, of confidence that the league is doing well enough that you can trust it to push towards longer contracts? To, you can push it to to actually have a season that starts in the first week in February and ends in the middle of November. Is that is that where we need to go or is it is it, is it a different debate that we should
2: be I, I think it's 100% where we need to go. I think if it's that volume of games, it needs to be extended because we're diluting ourselves. Like, you, you look at We Go To Derry, just using it as ex- an example. Yeah, it's the most recent one, yeah, yeah. Just the other day. Um, so so you, you talk about the finances for clubs. Like How many Bowles fans can realistically get to Derry on a Monday and get home on Tuesday morning at probably 2 o'clock in the morning? How many people will travel? How many can travel? financially so i think the clubs will the money you know if we're going to have midweek games i think they should be Cleverly worked out that it's uh, geographically they're closer. That it's realistic for fans to get to each other, travel, etc. It should be very, very sparse. From in my opinion, I think it should be ideally week to week the games in an ideal situation. Um, And I think the league needs to be extended. You can look at the break, the length of the break, whether we should have it. That that's that can be argued. But the league needs to to be expanded, and it needs to be longer so we can prepare properly because. We're, we're killing ourselves selling a product that we can't... It's a product of entertainment that we're trying to produce each week and we, we're not getting a chance to prepare for it. Like If you look at it as a, in a theatre or any kind of an environment like that, would people have, have it three days and go and put on a show? Mm. The show mightn't be too good if you had that type of preparation. Yeah. So it's no different. It should be no different for football, in my opinion. It's
0: mad as well, the difference in the atmosphere midweek compared to Friday night. Like I was asked... Um so even at the Cork Sligo game it was it was very dead, like and even though there was a good Walford support down on Monday night in Pats, like it's just like people are they're in a midweek vibe, like there's just it's just dead and you're selling like you were at the Limerick game down, I'd say that was a fairly dreary well, that
1: experience. Was, that was grim. I mean for example now on, on Tuesday morning I think the RTE sports bulletin. I think there was a reference at half seven to the small crowd at the Bray game I think it was in around 600 I think by half eight there had clearly been a call um, to uh, from, from somewhere on high uh, to clarify that the FBI pointing out that the attendances are, are up this year by X amount now I find that sometimes these these attendance calls uh, they tend or these uh, statements about attendances tend to go quieter as the year goes on because I fear that next month they're going to plummet and and to me what frustrates me is that I think if we probably were to just measure Friday night attendances alone this year just take the midweeks out just Friday nights alone I think the attendances probably are up it feels like they are up I mean Waterford have brought something to it Um,
0: well there are two uh, clubs that are completely bringing it down and one of them is Bray um, and the the, the locals have no faith as far as I can see in in the way the club is being run at all facilities are a disgrace and Limerick where the ground is is the pitch is in a terrible condition and they're playing horrible football and
1: it's like 18 euro in is it? yeah it's steep in there's a really bad vibe around so Limerick. So apart from Limerick and
0: yeah. Brave, where there's a bad vibe, clearly, in both, the attendances are very, very good, in yeah. my view.
1: But, Annie, but the danger of eroding them with these games that come up next month, because we actually put it out for, for questions earlier on, just we mentioned you were coming on, and one of the points actually was, I think, you know, like, I think it was from Geordie, you know, how are you finding the 10-team league? Also, this is a point, I think, both are set to play Rovers again in five, six weeks is it becoming too repetitive too quickly? And would you like to see it revert back to a 12 team sooner rather than later? Now, I would just add to that, like, is it a 10 v 12 problem or is it a crammed 10 that's the problem that... If it was spaced out, you could be playing them in nine weeks. Maybe that's not too much. I, you know, I, I don't know, but it, it seems like it's coming around very quickly. Again, these matches. Yeah,
2: I, I don't think the balls Rovers One will be an issue getting people getting up for that. They they get up for it's it's no problem on on, on that side. But I, I can see what you're saying, and I do think it is a it, it it is a little bit crammed, Definitely, I think it's crammed. and I think the point point that Johnny makes regards it's it's midweek. I think I know lot, lots of lads and their, their kids go to the games, go to the bowls games. And they look forward to the end of the week. They're looking forward mm. to the, the end of the week. They're in school all week, and they're building towards this end of the week. And, and that's a big thing in, in the psyche of the way we work. When it's a midweek game, it's, it's very, very different. And, and subsequently, you can see it in the atmosphere. The atmosphere is completely different. Mm. I think we've got to it's make bloody Friday expensive. It's bloody expensive. Absolutely. Like if
1: you're bringing two kids to a game or whatever it might be, and you think about like costs or buying something at halftime or a cup of tea, like, so if there's five games in 13 days that could be to go to 200 250 300 quid like you know if you're totally. if, if you're traveling it's probably going more more than that so um that that's like sometimes i feel in this league right that you know, clubs have a difficulty because you want to bring in new fans right you want to you you want to bring in new fans but at the same time you have your hardcore who will always be there um and you think you can charge a certain amount because they're probably going to come anyway you're going to lose them over a period of time if you, if you keep doing this, you know? If, if it's not properly Absolutely. structured and spaced out. And I, I have sympathy with the FAI from the perspective that the smaller clubs, and we see the first division this season is now, is basically a round of games shorter than the Premier Division. And that trying to apply a, a collective approach that, that suits everyone um, is, is a challenge. But at Premier Division level, I honestly think that we need to have a real sit down and think if this is the 10-team league, well, how are we going to structure it? Because this has just been, this is just throwing stuff. This is scattergun rather than thought than yeah. out. The, the,
2: and the financial, going back to the, fin- we talk about the financial, if if it's an extra two weeks for a club or an extra, whether it's three weeks, the league's extended. If you look at the, if if, if you were to, to look at the number of injuries that happen from playing Friday, Monday, Friday, Monday, or Friday, Tuesday, mm. like I think, Hale done his hamstring there for Derry. So if he's out for six weeks, what's his wages quantify over six weeks? There, there will be so many, because you're you're, we're also selling, the biggest thing is we're selling a product that's, that's diminished, that's diluted, because players are in a state of fatigue trying to perform. They're, they're unprepared, and they're, they're in a state of fatigue. And then we're asking you can't people expect, to not the well You thing.
0: can't expect the Bose lads who put in that, that shift on Friday night, and somebody's new to the league, he sees that game, he's like, wow, that was really impressive. He just happens to go to Brandywell and he's like... Ooh. It's very hard for them to come up with the same performance. We, like what three days? We, yeah, later? and
2: we we made quite a few changes. We had to. You, you mm. have to make changes because, mm. and, and you're getting. You, you've got. To, you've got to use your whole squad, and, and that's great for the squad, and it's great for our team. But if you're looking as a fan and you you want to see everyone prepare properly and play at their max as opposed to in a fatigue a fatigue state, it's it's not logical. You know, it can happen every now and again, but it can't be like you said, the volume of games that are, happen- yeah. that are and
0: happening. And I think there, there is a kind of a Friday night feel to the league now. Everyone gets behind us and, um, you know, even on Twitter the other night, like t- Twitter is buzzing on Friday nights, the League of Ireland is on. We need to maintain that uh, rather than diluting it, I think, Trevor, in the midweek games, which just, they pass by without incident and, and I think they bring the standard down. But we will chat about the results, actually. Dan, we've so much to talk about. I mean...
1: A lot to go through, um, yeah, Really...
0: I I, th- I think Rovers is, is probably the biggest talking point at the moment. We'll, just
1: r- we'll run through our results. Then we, we will. will pick and the
0: first one is from Friday. Derry uh, B. Watford 1-0. Corkby Pats 1-0. Uh, Bray nil, 0-2. Uh, was at some of that game. Managed to miss both goals. Shamrock Rovers 1-2. <laughs> watched that afterwards. It was a bit more entertaining. Yeah. Saturday, Limerick 1-2. Um, watched that illegally. Um, shouldn't be saying that. Shouldn't be admitting I watched the game either. Monday... Um, <laughs> Bray won Rovers nil. What a result that was! Derry City three, Bohemians one. Pats won Watford nil. Um, a game that Watford finished with nine men. Uh, Dan and I were at that game, and then last night Cork beat Sligo Rovers one nil. An abject Limerick team lost three 0 home to Dundalk. And uh, yeah, okay, Dan, I'll let you start with whatever comes uh, into your head.
1: I don't know where do we go. I mean, I think the Rovers is the, Rovers is the story of the weekend. I think there's no avoiding it I think we spoke last week before the the Bows game about how it was a particularly big game for Rovers just where things were because they played quite well in the Dock actually to be fair they played well in the Dock and lost the game and they just kept losing matches even though there have been games where they played well Um, and now all of a sudden with this relentless run of games and how sort of stats stack up they've now lost 6 out of 12 games lost half their half their matches and they're under real pressure and I, I think it's a challenge I mean Trevor you're in a sort of unique position you've managed Rovers you know the pressure that comes with that job you're also in the opposing dugout on Friday I mean I, I don't know if sympathy is the word because there's always rivalry in, in in this game but do you do you understand to a degree a bit of what Stephen Bradley's going through now that all of a sudden he's he's facing a level of scrutiny that he probably hasn't faced before?
3: Yeah,
2: I understand it all right, yeah. <laughs> of being that soldier, and um, when, when you're at a club and, and um, results aren't going the way you want them or, or, or the way you're, what you're working towards, um, it's it's a difficult time. Yeah, well, that's it's management, isn't it? It's it's mm. it's, it's football and it's results, so it, it's not life or death. So let's keep it on, a, on on the on the keel that it should be. It's it's results, things aren't going your way, so it's not nice. But you know that, that is football, unfortunately.
0: The problem is, though, from Bradley's perspective, is he kept them in the dressing room, obviously, after the game Friday. And whatever message he enforced then was followed by them losing 1-0 to Bray on um, midweek. And I, I, I just think, Dan, that was, a, a, whatever were the balls, losing to Bray, to me, and another another bad individual error by a top player in Ronan Finn. Now, this is a difficult one. So you, you can definitely kind of exonerate the manager in the sense that if there are individual errors week to week. In my view, like the book has to stop with the management at this stage. they didn 't score against Bray, and regardless of what the result was, Friday night, they were outplayed by Bows for much of the game, a, a team probably on about a third of their budget, and I 'm speculating here. But there are issues, big issues.
1: Yeah, I mean, well in this scenario, like, management always loses. You know it's, it's easier to get rid of a manager than it is to get rid of a player like that's just a, uh, <laughs> it's a fact of, fact of, of how things go. Um, it, it's strange it's been a curious couple of days obviously you know, Greg Bulger got a lot of uh, got singled out I think I think by Fabio on the TV hitting back over that um, and you're thinking right well Greg Bulger as recently in the, as November was a key player in an FAI Cup final come on it was vital in that game I mean Ronan Finn hasn't become a bad player overnight like there's leading players in this league who are not playing to the level that they can um, and that always that that does come back then to the club and decisions that have been made and um, I don't think they recruited particularly well over the winter. It's easy it's easy to say that miss. now, bit hit and miss. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, they've recruited in certain areas, but there's there's other areas where they're. I mean, then this, I mean, this should be good in central midfield with the quality they have, but have they figured out the right combination, bows, past the ball around them? And, I mean, Trevor is here. But, I mean, both looked like they knew what they were doing. They had a sort of a direction on Friday that you're just not seeing it from, from Rovers at the moment. You've seen it in certain games this season. I mean, it's strange. We were talking about it a bit outside, uh, the way things are running at the moment with Derry winning seven in a row. Can you believe that Shamrock Rovers beat Derry 6-1 in Talla? Only a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Again, with this run of games, it was probably three weeks ago or something, you know? <laughs> like it's... Or whatever, whenever it was. Um, and yet, something... It must be wrong that it can just it can run away from you so quickly and i don't know but what it's it's difficult to comment on other teams but, but what have you met at rovers generally from what you've seen trevor
2: yeah it's, it, it is it's it's difficult for them at the minute so you, you don't want to be want to be critical of channel no i appreciate that great a great a great times at channel growers and really enjoyed them when you leave it's it's never too nice to so have a bad run of, of results um yeah, and look, I think Stephen said that it's not good enough, and 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 they're underachieving. He he said that, so so that's where they are at the minute. Um, it's a difficult, it's a difficult moment for them, um, and that's where they are. You know, they've they've, they've dropped off. They're off where they want to be as a club. There's no doubt about that. They're they're I think they're eleven off Dundalk now, so they're nine off Cork so they're, they're a good bit off the top where where, where a club like Shamrock Rovers want to be and their budget suggests they should be and the resources so so yeah it, it's difficult it's a difficult moment for them at the minute well
0: like if you look at your team at start season your midfield was kind of Brennan and Buckley more or less and now you've totally changed this um so you're kind of evolving yet you went into that game against these like A-list
2: midfielders and more or less ran much of the game yeah I think we played really well I think there was some good performances on, on, on Friday. Um, Bucco played played really full for us. Derek's been injured through the volume of games. Again, he got overloaded. His calf, he popped his calf. So, yeah, we, we went in with Dylan and with Dan Bourne, who was excellent play, kind of in the six. Not a bad goal. Done really well, yeah. Great finish, yeah. yeah. Great finish by Dan. Um, You've seen what it meant to him as well when, when he scored. Um, Managed so, to
0: not take up the corner flag. Yeah, well, a former yeah. Bose
1: fan himself, yeah. of course. Yeah. There was a picture going round of him and real back in the day yeah. with some uh, sort of reprobate fans. <laughs> uh, some of whom we know Some probably. of whom we know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and yet to be playing years later, that, that's that's like an advertising campaign you sell, that well, type of thing. What I, what
0: I loved about it as well was these lads who come from big clubs in England, like you know, um, obviously Watts and Hayes, and uh, they seem to love it.
2: Just seem yeah, to love it. We've Ke- think Keith rec- recruits well. Stokes, and Stokes as well, yeah. 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 Keith recruits well. He he's very very good. He's he's recruited good young players with a lot of hunger in their belly, and you can see that in their performance. You look at the A's. Like you look at you look at Daryl Lee, who scores the winner. He's nineteen, playing left full. So you look right through the team. You look at Dylan. I think he's twenty. Um, you look at JJ. He's nineteen. You look at Danny Grant, 18. So we have a lot of young vibrance, and through that, we have a lot of character, good character in in, in your Shane Supples, in your Derek Penders, in your your Ian Morrisons, and we've we've Rob Cornwall, Paddy Cavanaugh's good. Good guys, good strong characters in the dressing room who who kind of lead us on, on, on how we want to play and how we want to behave and and I think that's that's very important. But it's good because there's so so many young lads and there's there's a lot of other young lads as well. There's Paddy Kirk and there's Jr. on the, on the on Jr. Wilson on the bench. So we've lots of players that are, that are on the bench. Lots of players coming into the team. Danny Grant, the, the latest, one to come in. We would not no horror last year. Came into the team and he's he's since gone to Brighton Ford as well. So I think it's a good place to Fud be. Ford always
0: enjoying it on Twitter as well. Yeah, yeah Ford yeah. would
2: love that. Ford <laughs> likes Twitter, from what I believe. <laughs> yeah, um, but it, it, it's great. Yeah, it's a good pla- it's a good place for young players to come, and you can see why they they would come. Not just the first thing. We we've a, we've a really good staff, and I think that's a big thing for players coming to, to Bohemians that they've a, they've a really good manager who'll play them, who'll educate them. The staff's excellent, keen, strength and condition, and we've Rob Rob Murray. Um, Chris, goalkeeping coach and then you look below that you've Craig Sexton you've Graeme um, Graeme Lawler with the 19s who do a fantastic job to bring all the players because last year we had something like nine players made debuts in the first team, so that tells you there's a lot Is, it, is it the already. best kind of harmony at a
0: club that you've experienced because like, you just both just seems to be in a good place for like it's almost like you're kind of, your backs are against the wall because you don't have a huge budget and you have to bring in young players but it just seems to engender
2: this great kind of atmosphere there yeah I think so I think it's the club I think the fans as well there's a working kind of class it's a working class club that they ask you to give them effort and, and to work for them and they respond by supporting you and they've been brilliant as well the fans have been brilliant and for, 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 for right through you know right through and, and you're right because it does go through the club because it goes right through to the 17s with Jimmy Moles and his staff there's some of the young lads come up and train with us the 19s train beside us so so it's definitely a, a club that's together um, you look at the link with Kevin's now hopefully that'll help out clubs so there is there's a there's a club there there's a strong club they probably don't talk about it too much keith's quite quiet actually is he yeah yeah he doesn't over i don't think he over publicizes what he does but trust me he does a really he's doing obviously a really efficient job i think the results suggest that and right through the club the board there's there's a tight knit there's there's good people like even right through the club like you look through the history of the club and the values of the club and you've billy young people that that are still around the club and still come in. We had them in start of the men Started. There season. was a lovely
0: article with uh, Torlak O'Connor actually in the last yeah. program, and it was just like still he was talking. about he's in his seventies now, but he's on about still love going to the games. And um, there was an article about the the prisons um, as well, and uh, obviously Dan, we had um, Oscar on last yeah. year about it, but. The, the governor of Mountjoy and all these other guys just could not praise Oscar Brennan enough for what he's done for, and I just thought this is a football club that I'd be proud to support now. They're not my club, but I, every time I go to Bows, I really enjoy going there, and it's it, it's such
2: an antidote to the, millionaires and the billionaires you see in england i suppose yeah and i don't think they want I, the, the aspiration isn't to be um rich and it's it's really it is they like being a working working class club they like the, the values that they have like daniel lambert Stephen, the people that run the club chris Bryan. They, they 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 enjoy working in the club and i have to be honest i enjoy working there too it's not i've been other places with bigger probably resources and more money but it's the value of the people. I think Bohemians get it that it's the people and we've good people. There's good people at Bohemians and that makes it, makes it a good
1: place to be. I mean, we, we, several questions that you've been asked before, but just working as a number two in that dynamic with Keith, like how have you enjoyed that? Because as someone who's managed, maybe, you know, there's always, would always be that perception. Well, would he be viewed as a threat in some ways that he's, you know, he's, he's coming in here and he's, he's managed elsewhere, but yeah. you, you seem to get on. It seems to work. I mean, but, is that something that, I mean, you obviously would have known Keith going back, but it was was it something that you had to speak about when you came in or it just seems to have worked quite I, well? I think I'm such a great guy. I mean, <laughs> to get along with, to be honest. So it was easy for Keith. To, that's,
2: that's what I think. Um, no, it's... What did he think though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't Put ask Keith. Keith please show. don't ask Keith. Um, thank God he doesn't do too much in the no. interviews. No, I, I, yeah, no, it's fine. I, I know Keith a long time. We're the same age. We played schoolboy football against each other, so I know him a long time. But, but when I when I spoke to Keith, Keith asked me would I would I come in and, and help him and Jenny. You know, I was I was delighted to to come in and help. him. I, I love I love being and I love working as a coach. I love I love that side of the game. Um, that's the the you know when I managed at Chamrock Rovers and, and Bray, I did a lot of the coaching. But you get distracted. You're, you're distracted. There's a lots of lots of other chores and that I, that I probably don't enjoy. Well, sorry, I don't enjoy as much. Such um, as such as media, except seriously, like I don't ideally enjoy, it's not, I prefer beyond be on the training pitch, because I like football, that's the the part that I love. Did you struggle
1: with that at Rovers, when you Uh, had to come out after a game, and you maybe things have not gone well? Well, No,
2: I didn't think, I wasn't very good at that, you know, we didn't do well enough as a club at that, and that's why, when I finished, I would have identified that, and I would have went and worked within the media a little bit to improve, because I wanted to get better at it, Um, now you can argue whether (laughs) it's (laughs) still a lot of work to do, (laughs) you can argue, yeah, how how I've got along with that. uh, It's a pretty good audition,
1: To to compare, <laughs> yeah. But yeah.
2: Well, I, I, I tried. <laughs> I'm trying. No, but I did. I, I recognised that that wasn't good enough. I didn't do that well enough, you know, because there was lots of stuff going on at Rovers that we didn't didn't sell well enough, and, and and I didn't handle that side well. I didn't think I handled that side well enough, or the club at the time. So that would have been something I would have identified. Um, but but my, you know, it's important when you when you're a manager to do that. But I, like I said, I enjoyed it. the the pitch I I, I like being on the pitch I like working with the players that's the part of football that really gets me that that, that, that motivates me
1: It's interesting I mean is it possible to be a manager that can do that can be that coach or are, are you saying there that actually maybe this role is what suits you you know because invariably if you go to be a manager again you have to do all the other stuff that were we're yeah, talking about, I, know.
2: I think this role does suit me. <laughs> I enjoy it more. I think it does. I think I'm I'm, I'm better in this role than I, than I was. Although, mind you, you know, you, you look at Shamrock Rovers, and there's lots. There's a couple of managers since Michael who was, who had great success, and I was there as, as his assistant. There's been success, been managers that have won before Rovers that, that have been there and mm. won after Rovers. I was able to win something when I was at Rovers. A lot of people forget that actually. The right? last it's cups, the, the 2013. The yeah. Cup and the, the, the EA Sports Cup, like that. You know, it I'd was be very confident you were their most
0: successful manager since O'Neill, including Bradley and Stephen Kenny. Um, I actually think you were. I think your I'm results sure was, weren't, yeah. weren't as bad, but it was just weight of expectation.
2: It was a difficult time at the time when I went in because resources, you know, they, they'd had Europe and, and there was lots of lots of money and we were cutting things when I went in, which wasn't great. But look, I'm not, I'm not trying to make any excuse. We had a bad run of results and I know he was gone, so I, I don't have any problem with that at all. Um, but, but I did okay. People kind of forget that you... We, we we won we won two mm. cups you know and you look at you look at Liverpool etc now and you look and they say a league cup anything to get them on the roll get them winning well, well we won we were able well, to win things you were in the process of building but but that was stopped look we 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 spoke to Kenny
0: though as well about just sorry we spoke to Stephen Kenny about how hard it was to be basically to, when when he left Rovers, how hard that was how battered were you when you lost that job because you were a big up and coming coach and and your stock definitely fell. Um, rightly or wrongly,
2: because of the rover's experience, and that's where Stephen Bradley is right now. Albeit he's still in the job. Yeah, well, I haven't been at a club. That was that was kind of the only job that I didn't decide to leave. Um, so when when you leave a job, yeah, it's it's difficult. It's it's a, it's a difficult. It's well, sorry. When you leave, when you when you don't want to leave, mm. you put everything. I put everything into when I when I was at at Rovers as I, as I do at all the clubs I'm at. You put a lot into it, so it's very disappointing and you don't like it, but it's funny, football's a funny industry, because you're more, you have have had the chance to have obtained a hell of a lot of, of information and knowledge, yet you're perceived to be less, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which doesn't really make any sense, because it's like, this is the equivalent of going to a college for a year or a year and a half, and you've lots of lots of information to gather. Now, it doesn't mean you'll gather everything. People will gather different things, but you're probably more empowered, definitely from a knowledge point of view, but you're perceived to be less.
1: That, so. that is actually an interesting point. I mean, I, we've spoken about Stephen Bradley on this show before. I wonder in five years time, you know, if he does leave, say, will he look back and say, yeah, should I have done this or that? And we'll probably come out of it knowing more than he went in Absolutely. quite naturally about, uh, about people, don't,
0: people don't expect that these lads can't make mistakes. It's like a young manager isn't considered the same way as a young player. Like, oh, he's a young player. He needs to learn. Of course,
2: Bradley needs to learn. He's a young coaching team as well. Oh well, any manager, yeah, you learn, you learning and you're constantly learning because dynamics, everything changes. You've generally, particularly in the League of Ireland, because you've you've generally got a a, a large population of your group comes and goes in the League of Ireland. So dynamics, mm. everything's changing each year, unless you can you can tie down players, which doesn't happen at that many clubs. So things things are constantly changing
1: as a manager and and, and adapt them. I think I think the problem that Robert's potentially facing that it, let's just say, and if this isn't fair, maybe because. Uh, I'm not convinced that Bradley's like on borrowed time necessarily. He doesn't you know, the, seem to think he is from, well, his, I mean, from his... Well, I don't know. That, can, <laughs> that may not be his decision. But, mm. but anyway, I mean, maybe I could be wrong about that. But if you've gone through four or five managers in a certain space of time, you wonder, is it le- it's, it's less about the managers and more about the club. I think that is, that is where, you're, where we're potentially going here. That for are, some reason, these, this these job... These are good managers. Like, yeah.
0: Whatever about Bradley, the jury's out in him as a manager. Why have Rovers been so disappointed under these good managers for what, since O'Neill?
1: That is the question. I don't know. I mean, Trevor's been one of them, so it's, it's a difficult, it, since Michael O'Neill has left, for whatever reason, things haven't worked.
2: Yeah, not to the level that Shamrock Rovers want, you know, but you've got to be realistic as a club as well. How many leagues have Shamrock Rovers won in the last 25, 30 years? You know, you can want and you can demand as much as you want, but realistically, what, what you know I, i've been lucky I've, i was there to win i don't think i've been there for what they've won over the last probably 30 years any yeah. trophy they've well, won 2013 is the last trophy yeah. as a as as a manager so i've i've been lucky um in that capacity but yeah it's look it's different it's football It's to now isn't it last year doesn't count or Last week it's it's this week, you know, you, you you beat Shamrock Rovers in a fantastic game of football I thought on Friday night and then you lose to Derry. So it all changes. So it's it's living in the moment. Football's living in the moment and going forward if you, if you start living and looking at the past too much you're in you're in trouble. Um so yeah, it's 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 the moment. Shamrock Rovers want to win now. Bohemians want to win now, Sligo, everyone wants to win Dundalk and that's the way it is. I,
0: I want to ask you, what do you make of the standard of coaching in general in the league? And this is a bigger question because of the under 13, 15, 17, 19 that's going to come into, obviously when the 13s come into play, you need a lot of managers. You spoke pre-show about maybe players that weren't actually properly coached when they were younger. Um, you know, And that's going to be the case in, in all clubs, really. You know, Because how good is coaching in the league in general? How good is it at underage level? Can it improve? Does
2: it need to improve? I suppose I can't. Say exactly, because I, I I know in air club I, I can only tell you what I where I work and who I work with. Um, but of course, yeah, with the, we need ideally the best coaches. We now need to be working with the with the younger players because that's when they can be developed most. Um, but that doesn't happen for finances and egos and all the rest of it for for, for those reasons or and many more. Um, yeah, coaching is massive, isn't it? It's, it's the development of the game and it's the development of the players. I suppose who am I to say what it is and what it isn't? Um, I can only tell you at Bohemians, we, we've got a, we've got good coaches. We've got a, a good setup. Um, we've we've got Keith, who's a good coach. We I, I hope I'm okay. And um, we've we've got. The goalkeeping coach, we've Chris, we've uh, Chris Benyon, and then the 1970s We've good coaches, Jimmy Moles. They're, they're good coaches, Um, Craig, and, and we've we've got Graham. So within our club, very good, and um, that that. And I know that we've got Ian Morrison as well, is is involved with, with the, from the under 15s down. I'm with Kevin's, so who's one of the one of the bigger clubs in League of Ireland. So our structures are good, but I wouldn't like to to kind of say on the rest of. I'd be wrong. Who am I to, to say what, what, what the rest of the guys coach? I guess
0: like? there are a need for a lot of coaches now, though. When you think um, 20 League of Ireland clubs, um, 13, 15, 17, 19, five teams straight away. So that's 100 coaches, um, notwithstanding the backroom team. So it must be an interesting time if you're a player who's thinking of becoming a manager. There seems to be a pathway there. Yeah, And, and it's
2: your, I suppose your way to learn as well. Oh, massive. If you, if you look at players like... Warren's a good example last year Warren O'Hara he was with Bohemians right through so he, he, he worked through Jimmy he worked through Graham and and Craig and then he came into the first team so his development has been completely Bohemians and, and they, I'm sure everyone along that pathway have made a big or have pr- provided a, a massive help in him becoming the player that he is and helping him and it's not just the football stuff it's your standards and Values you have as well. Coaches can be, can be massive in, in that capacity, and, and he's, he's a good guy to, um, to use as an example for our club. But we've got the other thing I'd say about Bohemians is we've got good facilities, and that's as, as much as we, we might the budget, etc., keep might, might have isn't, isn't is probably the lowest, well, is the lowest in the league. We've got good facilities, they provide good facilities so we can develop the players. We've good facilities in Blanche IT, um, and that's a big, that's an important thing. The coaching and the facilities that we have, we don't need them. Um, we, we, we don't have any golden gates or anything when you enter, but we have what you require to be a player.
1: Interesting to speak about players. and Dylan Watts is one person who on Friday there was a lot of people speaking very favourably about him. I, th- I think I saw Keith Fahey was on Twitter. He was watching the game and really rating him and even at one point sort of suggesting he sort of reminded him of, of him a small bit in terms of like his approach to the game. Um, he's an exciting talent. He's been in England maybe hasn't had the breakthrough, he might have wanted at Leicester, but just to speak a bit about Dylan and what, what sort of qualities he has and where he can improve. Yeah,
2: Keith, well, Keith signed him, so I'd love to take some of the credit, but Keith's completely yeah. signed. Him. He, lives, he lives
1: five doors down. Yeah, him, he lives he?
2: close to Keith, yeah, yeah. You've a of a, side,
1: you, for all of the, the, the working class sort of club, you have a lot of Southsiders in that, uh, yeah. that bow's dressing room, actually. Yeah, we, yeah, we No, South, re- no we, working class
0: yeah.
2: lads in the side. They're all working. We class live near most of them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, Keith, Keith knew of Dylan and spoke about him constantly playing against the wall which is a rarity nowadays for kids that he's constantly out and he, he had an idea of his work ethic um and Dylan's come in; he's a fant- you can see he's a fantastic passer at the ball um areas he, he he I'm sure he'd like to improve defensively a little bit he'll we'll have to try and we'll help him with that um but going forward passing the ball he, he's exceptional um, his touch and Friday night was exceptional. He's, he's taken a couple of touch direction with his chest, took the ball down, took it away from players, and his next pass able to open things up. He's he's got high high quality of passing. he's fantastic. He's he's a good finisher as you might might have seen or may not have seen. Goal in
1: Derry yeah. in Derry,
2: it's an excellent ball into Derry and he, into Dinny, and he, he follows his run and it's it's cool. He's he's quite a level headed guy as well, which is is a big thing because we always look at the passing and the technique, but being a player is 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 that's only one aspect and sometimes it's a small aspect that and that might sound that might sound strange obviously to be a top player you, you need good technique, but you can have good technique but a bad attitude you know mm. and you're you're you um he, he's a good he's a good attitude he's he's hungry Dylan to learn um that's a that's a massive part of what Keith wants bohemians to be to have that work ethic and that that mentality that kind of humbleness to maybe now you're good but realize why you're good and be on a level and i think that's true The club i'm going off skew a little bit but i think that's true The club and i think that's a good
1: thing how would you assess the, the season so far though i mean i know that the players have spoken about the cup final thing against rovers and they've used that on social media in the aftermath the flip side of that is two of your wins have come against rovers and you're getting something in that game that maybe you're not getting some of the other matches i mean how would you assess the overall uh season to date Suppose we need to play in more cup finals, something <laughs> a higher ratio. Um,
2: no, no, um, yeah. The, the season so far, it's been it's been very difficult because of the the profile of the squad and uh, and the amount of preparation that we can get to try and help them. Um, it's it's been somewhat up and down, like 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 Friday, then you've Monday. We played quite well. We were in the game. We've been in every game. Um, Errors have cost us. We've given some poor goals away. We definitely need to to tidy up at the back. One hundred percent that you can see that from the goals conceded. Um, so it's been a little bit up and down for those reasons. There's been games we played really well in, and we. Like, we played really well against Derry and we got beaten. We missed a penalty late on and we played well against against Limerick and we, we just couldn't break them down. Sligo, we were very good as well. Um, St Pats, we lost and, and we were very good. So it's just piecing it all together. We've had moments where we've been really, really good and then some goals we've given away have been horrid. So it's a little bit up and down and we need to find more consistency. Um, but hopefully the, the sooner the better the week-to-week games come and we can try and prepare <laughs> And At least you feel then that... Well, sorry, if you're not improving then what you're not doing, the work isn't good enough, is it, during the week? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing. So,
0: I, I, th- I thought from the Limerick game, I know it was nil all, but I just thought between Stokes, Ward, um, Watts and Lunny, just to take those four, there was so much potential in how quick they could pass the ball. They just looked like good technical players and young players. It's kind of like the horse that's unexposed. We don't know what he can do next year. Do You know these lads could, yeah. could as long as you can hold on to them, obviously
2: they're good players, yeah, and, and if we, and the, as the pitches get better as well, I think they 're all technicians they 're all technically very, very good players um, they 're young they 're hungry, and, and, and I think yeah they 're going to get better as we as we get to work and as we go through the season i am sure they'll they'll improve because their attitudes are good and they 're hungry to work and hungry to get better um just I suppose some of the other games dan as well
0: pats are a team who are definitely improving we're talking about squads i was i was looking at the players they had on the bench uh, the other night garvin conan byrne and Christy fagan none of them started yeah. uh, took off the keeper who, who had a, I believe he was getting sick in the dressing room at time. Yeah. um but they they have good like the dunas started obviously um markey started they've young players jamie lennon through. as well jamie lennon um toner at the back um actually defensively they look so much better than where they were but they what did you make of that game actually pats are a side probably not incomparable to Bowes in ways if players coming through but they're they're a good side at the moment
1: they're in a much better place than they were last year there's no doubt in that and they're going to be pushing for top four five i think this time we'll see is that their aspiration to get into europe oh well i think so yeah they have to get back into that debate i mean they had a very good run going there for a while and I think when you lose that, you lose an injection of funds and it just brings a certain pressure so that that's where they need to be. That's where everyone needs to be really Is you know, Europe is like... Uh, the holy is, grail. Oh, it's, it's, the it's, golden it's, grail. It's extraordinary. Um, what did they make of the game though? I mean, what I, mean, I saw Waterford 10 days previous against Cork and they were different up animal completely without uh, Erie and Abora you know and then they, they lose two more players in the game Puri for a dive I think Fran Rocket's coach after said no complaints about either sending off really? Puri and Gavin Holohan as well I think the Holohan one probably looked a bit worse than it was but he was, it was a Dangerous. high challenge on Markey. Um but it, yeah so I mean Waterford have been killed by the, by the suspensions um, they've lost both games since then and we spoke uh, previously about you know could Waterford be title challengers and I mean, my view has being the dark and cork all the way because they have a depth. Of a squad to be able to cope with things. I that want to go talk wrong. about that. Actually. No one else is going to be able to sustain a challenge. I guess, particularly with this run of games that we've spoken about. I mean, the Docker even were able to go down and, and stay overnight in Limerick on on Monday, That's and a big team, you know, it? it's it's resources. This 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 not to go back to the point, but the cram schedule. It, it definitely it allows the clubs with deeper squads and deeper pockets to, to which this is
0: survival of the fittest, I suppose. But I was at, I've, I've seen a lot of Cork this season, and I have to say you now last night. I was very, very disappointed with them. Like, they're playing Sligo at home. They spent literally, I'd say, maximum amount of passes they put together on one move was about four or five. They made no attempt to pass the ball. They literally went long the entire second half. Um, it was basically hit it to Sadlier on the left, uh, hit it to Shepherd who was replaced on the right. Just go long to Cummins. The goal came out of a bad mistake. They played virtually no football. Pitch was in good nick. Um i don't know i'm just okay they're still there what two points it's it's good to have you
1: back slate and cork johnny there's a certain like warm familiarity about it you know no but you went through a phase there of thinking cork were uh the the second coming i think they were i I never i never thought they were a bit uncomfortable with that but now you're you're back to i'm I'm, i don't think it's
0: i don't think it's necessarily a two-horse race because at the moment who else is in the race if Derry if Derry, Derry need to get a result friday night I, I can't have Watford after the, they, they've unravelled after the players they've lost. But I, I, I think Derry have a squeak. But to me, Cork, Cork don't look good enough anyway at the moment. For what? They don't look good enough to win the league. If you look at the game they played, I'm going to ask you actually about this, Trevor. Um, the game they played against Dundalk, they were very poor. They were hammered 1-0. And since then, they haven't been much better. When, from your perspective, Trevor, what's the difference between Cork and Dundalk when you're playing them this
2: season? Um, I, th- I think the Dundalk have a. I'm sure John would like a, a bigger squad. Would like a, like a, like to add to his squad. He has the resources, yeah. though. Do you know that's. Yeah, you would you would think, but he they they have about six right backs. Yeah, Do you know what? Yeah, I mean? yeah. they actually yeah. have about six right backs. So it's not like they don't have the resources. So I, I don't think that's an excuse. I, I think they'll be. I think Dundalk and Cork will will potentially pull away. I think they will. Yeah. They will, they will pull away. They're the two strongest teams in in the league, and they'll be there thereabouts. Yeah, Dundalk in the first game. They were very good up in Oriel Park. They, they, played, they played better than Cork. I'm sure Cork would admit that and they'd be looking to rectify that. I think it's the 29th of this month. It's
1: next, they, it's next Friday, actually, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's coming around pretty fast again, like all these games. that's I think that's a key game for Cork to get regain whatever it is that they've lost. I, you know?
2: think, I think they'll come out. I think Cork will be at it. Like we, They've got us on Friday, so I'm sure they're targeting three points. will be, hopefully. Okay, who do we'll you prefer to play, Dundalk or Cork? Cork? Cork and Dundalk are different. How you play against... Both he's getting good at this media, oh, he's, he's got this, got this so they're very, very different. So they're very different, been, though. Even on I've been on that working <laughs> on it for a little. Well, <laughs> Extrapolating that point, so why well, are they different? They're, they're both very dangerous teams because you've Cummins up front who can, can score just out out in, out of nothing. You've Barry McNamee who, who plays off him, who's an exceptional player. You've, you've Sadlier on the left, who's another exceptional player can, in one v ones and can make things happen. So that, that, and Shepard, Carl Shepard has, has has. But do you not despair the of
0: watching them that they, they bypass midfield so much.
2: Um, no, I wouldn't be. Of, I wouldn't be of that opinion. I think they've excellent players in the middle. They've Conor McCormack. They've they've Garaud Morrissey. They've Buckley. They're, they're very. They've, they're back to back. They double winners last year. Cork, like let's remember, and they played fantastically well last year. Um, this year we've seen a little bit of them. I've been watching them the last couple of days. I think they're they're an exceptional team, and they'll be there again. Dundalk probably have a bigger squad. I would think Dundalk have a bigger squad. Um, Hoban coming back into it and the players they have around the front player I think Duffy's playing exceptionally well at the minute he's he really is, isn't a joy he, to watch it's a yeah. joy to watch isn't he we're on to yeah it's
1: funny with Duffy and I think I might have made this point before that you know because he, he's been away and you know he's, he's been over already he doesn't get the hype of a guy who's maybe climbing the, the you know climbing the ladder as such but he's having a fantastic season Like he's been the, he's been their best player in a lot of the games I've seen them play this year and I, I think come the end of the season sort of you know those representative teams and so on. I'd be surprised if he wasn't uh, in all of them. You know? It was
0: actually interesting. Somebody said to me last night, uh, "Who'll get man of the matcher if there is such a thing?" And I literally couldn't think of one player. I'd give it to not, not certainly not in the Cork team. Sligo huffed and puffed, like, but I don't know. I, I maybe I have high standards for them, but um, I I I I think they're. Not doing the service to football that other clubs are by making the game far less watchable than it should be at the moment. Over to you, John Caulfield. (laughs) Previews and predictions, part two. Dan, I had an absolute abomination last week. One from five in the race for the You don't seem
1: yourself, John.
0: Well, I certainly wasn't last week. um, (laughs) And I'll never, ever forgive myself for tipping back in uh, Rovers at 4-7 to beat Boas. Well, I'll be a chick I know. <laughs> I'll be a Shane Supple uh, Shane Supple save Was the ruination Of that bet In any event Let's get to The fixtures For next week um, Dan went three from five By the way Which brings you back to Within a point of me 15-14 yeah, we're, we're getting closer
1: We're getting closer Okay so we the should, fixtures uh, we've we got, Fixtures had, We've got a busy week ahead Can I yeah. mention one last thing Before we move Dan, on Dan this is your show yeah. As
0: much as it is mine The
1: Bray oh. The Bray-Shan oh. McGrovers win Right It was a great win for Bray Uh I don't know if you saw a couple of the tweets from Bray on, uh, oh, on Monday Jesus. night do we want to mention um, this yeah. the, uh, the oh, what was the what was the it was one about you know the pitcher Stephen Bradley the awkward moment um, when you've lost the Wicklow Derby in the Dublin, Dublin Derby. Derby and then the, the first one that was aimed at Rovers was obviously you know Cup Final or something now you know I put up something about Cup Finals on Twitter last week just you're not you know, an official club no though. And I was, I was sort of looking at the Brave photo on Monday night and it was a picture of players with no shirt sponsor um, after a night you know where again they struggled to get a thousand at their game uh, most of whom would have been away fans. I was there on Friday night um, where you know, again it was sort of majority away fans at the Carlisle grounds and I'm thinking I mean, everyone thought it was kind of funny and so on. It was a bit... It was a clever enough tweet. Well, the boy
0: Owners just shown us here, our cup final, hashtag football loves us. I think that's a bit of a disgrace, actually, because uh, Shamrock Rovers, the football loves us thing, a bit like uh, Bo's video, was was a a thing that was very endearing. Bray Wanderers are an absolute joke of a football club at the moment. (laughs) They are... There's nobody supporting them. The ground is an absolute shambles. They are
1: not in the position to rip the piss out of anybody. And it's it's like... uh, it got a bit of love and they're responding to messages but it, to me it's maybe a bit maybe they just wanted a bit of love it's a bit like uh, it's like a a juvenile uh, sort of fan blogger account you know firing out stuff under the pretense of an official account and we had some reference recently to Bray being a proud club and I sort of I took issue with it because no not, there's no pride in that it's no actually that. and it's not been too serious and we know we love this greatest league in the world crack and there is stuff it's that goes bullshit, on though. but that is rubbish yeah that is actually rubbish and there will be times that we'll uh, I mean rovers themselves you know at the ground I mean they sometimes play music that's taunting opposing teams they are not perfect themselves I'm just saying i it just so happened that Rovers were the team that they were having a go at in the aftermath of the game. I don't think Stephen
0: Bradley deserved a tweet like that. Yeah,
1: it didn't matter who it was, really. It it didn't matter who it was. But I just think I sort of resent where it comes from because if there's one club that's probably brought more, you know, grief and unwelcome attention to the league in the last 18 months, it's Bray. And they're still not not anywhere near uh, a, a sort of a an outfit that you can aspire towards respecting in any way so for them to be firing out stuff it's like sort your own house out lads and, and stop that shit to be honest
0: couldn't agree more with you um, thankfully in happier and uh, happier news play Derry City in a game I actually uh, think will be an absolute cracker uh, on Friday to probably the two best footballing teams in the league arguably and Corks are Trevor's just sat up in a what? seat again there Bowles yeah. Bowes are not a million miles off if they keep playing like they did uh, the last few games I've seen anyway. But uh, it's time to go to one of my favourite enigmas in the league, Um, Kenny Shields. He was in unbelievable form after uh, Derry beat Bowes early in the season in the snow. One of his particularly memorable, I think he said he expected them to lose their first four games after that um, and a load of other things. Um, But Kenny uh, has very happily uh, decided to take a call from us today and we will now join him.
4: Uh, Kenny, how are you keeping? Keeping fine, yeah. Obviously, when you've had a couple of wins like that, it, it puts everybody in a good frame of mind. So, yeah, there's positive energy about the place. Everybody's can't wait for the next game and, and all of those things. And you know, it's football, it's like any other sport. When you're winning, it's you're in a good frame of mind, and it makes your job easier. And it's a complete opposite when you when you lose a few.
0: Yeah, I have to mention um, a guy who put up on Twitter during the week that he was walking to work in his dairy uh, coat. I think, and you not only acknowledged him but um, beeped the horn at him and gave him a big smile. Are you aware of this incident?
4: No, <laughs> I can't remember. The dairy people are so uh, fanatical about the football, so I'm sure that's true. Uh, uh, I would never go past anyone. Wearing a dairy top, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and we, we were obviously um, Trevor Crawley's with us here. He was just speaking about the the kind of vibe now that's in the Brandywell. It just seems to be a, a place that there's a great kind of atmosphere and grace. Um, I suppose it's just a great feeling of maybe unity and dairy. What's it been like since you went back to the Brandywell? That just a
4: bit sums it up. You know, it, it's as Trevor, I'm sure, will tell you, it's it's really difficult for the visiting teams because there's this. Uh, tribal volume of support, you know a lot of our wins has been down to the the support and how they went about supporting us against Waterford it was incredible and the Bohemians game was a Monday night game which obviously it wasn't going to be as as loud but you know the the ambience of the place and, and the surroundings it, it lends itself to very intimidating for the visitors and very encouraging for the, for the home team.
0: Did you feel any pressure at the start of season? I know you made a comment that you didn't expect to win any of your first four games, but um, you just the, the the improvement from the Shamrock Rovers game in Talla up until now just seems to have been absolutely astronomical.
4: Yeah, um, we did address it. Uh, we looked at it, and we knew that you know a team that's has a good season, gets a point away from home and three points at home. So on the balance of things, I spoke to him about two points a game and we played four away games. So we were one point down. I tried to use that psyche where they would think that it isn't the end of the world. And Shamrock Rovers were exceptional that night, as well as us being uh, very poor. So we, we looked at it in its merits and we said, look, We've got four home games coming up now. Let's start. And I think the fact that if the next game had been away from home or Uh in a a place like... I was at the Limerick game last night and it was devoid of atmosphere. Not blaming anyone. It's just the fact that Limerick haven't been doing too well at home. So there was apathy about the place. If we'd have been getting into that environment it would have been a totally different story. But we went into, immediately after the Shams game, we went into an environment where we were going to be lifted by people and there was a freshness about it. So that had a very significant impact on on the next two, three, four games that we played.
0: And speak, speaking of Shams, um, do you have any um, sympathy for Stephen Bradley? Because he's, he's gone through, I suppose, a tough enough time. There's pressure maybe exerted from the media and elsewhere. Um, and he's had to deal with that. What, what's your take on his situation? I'm sure you know what managerial
4: pressure is like. I have an awful lot of sympathy for Stephen because he's a young manager, early 30s, trying to make an impact in the game and management. He's given up playing and... It's tough. It's a tough place, and it's such a big job because the expectations at Shamrock Overs are so high. And what comes with that is pressure as well. And, you know, if, if my son or my, any of my people, ex players, that's coming to the end of their game, were getting into a job, I would get them to start off in a, a championship club like UCD or Cabin or somewhere like that, where they can build and Make mistakes and they're not as dire as it would, would be making them at Shamrock Rovers. It's a tough, tough job for for the boy, and uh, yeah. he's he's done well. And he, obviously, people are talking about them in a big way. It's quite a. You get good media attention when they win, and they get bad media attention when they lose, and you can understand that coming with that. So, but I'm sure that he'll. Uh, I'm sure he'll be able to get through it. I hope
1: he does anyway. And um, Kenny, you know, over over your time in the job, I mean, you face some difficult winters in the sense of you know you you've lost players and you faced that again last winter with some you know big players leaving like you know Aaron Barry and and McDamie and and Jarvis. I mean, how big of a challenge is that for you? And and how much is the opening weeks about? letting some of the younger players like Owen Toll and a couple of others, the Hale brothers, spring to mind, just find their way
4: in in this new team? Well, there's a difference in losing players. Cork and Dundalk have lost players to the professional game in Scotland and England. Um, When you go down the scale, like ourselves, when we lose players, you lose them to your own league, which is hurtful, but it's also uh, detrimental to... What you've been trying to grow, and um, Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers up at the top level of, of our league. Sorry, Dundalk and Cork. Uh, I meant to say, they lost players to across the water, and they've replaced. They've tried. They've had to replace them. Uh, we have had to replace our players with lesser players than they're replacing their teams with. So it's quite a contrast in, in ways but it's it's also similar even though it is contrasting. So I think when you lose players you just hope that you're lucky getting someone in who fits in and then you have to look at your dressing room and think well can I get someone who's compatible with my dressing room and, and you go through the characters of players as well and strength of character in modern culture very important, very important to how you try to build a team. You might see a good player out there, but he might have the wrong, uh, he might be incompatible with what we have.
0: Yeah, has that been sort of uh, evinced in some of the players you've let go already this season?
4: It's sorry, I missed that question.
0: Has that been sort of evidence? in you've obviously let a few players go already this season? Is Is it about character
4: in that regard? Well, I would like to think that I put demands on my players and, and it's an environment where it has to be 100%. If it's 99%, it's failure. Mm. Pardon the cliche, but it it is. And if some people... It's it's hard. It's hard. Derry is a hard place to be, and that's what I want it to be. But it'll bring success, I hope. So we've been very, very stringent because the first couple of years I've been here, it's been very... Um, hit and miss with players leaving and players coming and there's such a turnover and we want to get people like our our top players like Aaron McInnes and Conor McDermott and players like that there which we have improved as well and developed. We don't want to lose them like Barry McNamee who goes down to Cork and and Patrick McElhaney, Michael Duffy, you know, all of those quality players We have to try and get them signed up again. And if we do lose them, it's more self-satisfying if we lose them to a bigger league. You know, when you lose them to the same league, it's not like as if it's a a rung up the ladder. It's a better team in our league, probably. But it's not helping their career any going to Dundalk or Cork.
1: Um, Kenny, I was also in Limerick last night, and as, as you mentioned, there was a sort of a, a curious atmosphere, a bit of apathy, maybe, with regard to the, the game you faced on Friday and Dundalk in Oriel Park. Were you able to sort of glean much from that game, or was it just, uh, you know, is it is it a is it more so other games you will learn more about Dundalk maybe than than last night?
4: I learned a lot about Dundalk last night, uh, and the biggest thing I learned about them was their efficiency and no mistakes. They didn't make a mistake the whole game. And if it was an opponent who was giving them a a tougher ride, it maybe would have enforced some mistakes. But their secret is they make less mistakes than the the opponent. And I can't say that about us. Obviously, we we haven't got their experience. But we will make more mistakes than Dundalk on Friday night and and i'm being'm I'm generalizing here, so there's a better chance of them winning the game because that's very rigid, and that's how they play. everybody knows their job. it's the perfect uh picture of a team that's got discipline in how they play, how they're organized. You can see all of those qualities have been um, put into the players where. This is your job. This is how you do it. And it's so simplistic how Dundalk play.
0: It's simplistic, you say? Very,
4: last night, the even the 3-0 up, they didn't make a mistake. And Limerick were not the Limerick that we've seen maybe four weeks ago. But Dundalk, what I learned from Dundalk was that everybody knows their job. Everybody knows where to be and when to be. And, and that was taken out like a sore thumb. It was a, a very, very efficient performance, but it was also a very good performance. I mean,
1: Kenny, your your home record, as we've touched on, has been, you know, sensationally good and you've scored a lot of goals. Do you have to alter your approach in any way, though, going away from home to, to a team like Dundalk on Friday? Or I know your team is always committed to playing, you know, the right way, but do you have to look at changing the strategy relative to what you do for your games at, at the Brandywell?
4: I think... If you go through the league, uh, every away game you have is approached differently than every home game. So you have to break it into two different cycles how you play away from home and how you play at home. Because that's the way football is, I'm sorry. Um, And if you have an education process for your players and you want them to play in a certain way, you have to have at least four. Good sessions about look. This is how we're playing, and then you tweak it as you go along. You know, a way to cart is slightly different than a way to Bray at the moment. So there's slightly different um, systems and styles of play that you you play for each opponent. Sorry, you prepare for each opponent, and then you've got teams who are strong in set plays. You get teams who are um, maybe very very quick in the counter attack, or you get teams that. Like to load the game early, and you get teams like Dundalk, who, if it's tight, they like to. The last half hour they play totally different than the first hour. But you know, Dundalk have two games within their game. They've got the first hour and they've got the half, the last half hour. So you have to prepare in accordance with how your team, your opponent plays. I know everybody comes out with bravado and says it's about how we play. It's it's about how you prepare to play. And, and that's what
3: we worked off that analogy. Kenny,
0: that's brilliant stuff. Thanks a million for your time. Good luck on uh, Friday. Was that the game last year in Noriel? hope it's as, it was a nil-all draw, but hopefully it's as entertaining as that was. I hope so. I yeah. hope so. And we'd love to have you, if you're ever in Dublin, we'd love to have you on at some stage. All
4: right, thank you. Top give me man. some travel expenses this time. <laughs>
0: Thanks, <laughs> we'll Kenny.
4: We'll give, give you in <laughs>
0: sterling or Euro as well, whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Tough man. Top man. Uh, he's certainly one of the more maverick characters in the league, isn't he, um, Kenny Shields? But uh, he seems to have done a great job at Derry, In fairness,
2: yeah, he's doing a fantastic job. Um, they're back in, in in the Brandywell, so that's gonna that's gonna make his job um, easy. Well, not easy, but it's gonna it's gonna help him because there's an environment there to work in. So um, it's onwards and upwards for for Derry, I'm sure this season. In fairness, you have to admire the football they play. All they do, Kenny's teams play really well. They're open and expansive, and unfortunately on Monday night we couldn't we couldn't um penetrate and when 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 they had those moments. But yes, they do. They play they play really, really good football. Good brand of football and they've some really exciting players. The he signs exciting players like some McAniff and that. So yeah, he's a, he's an exceptional manager.
0: McAniff's having a real run of form as well, Dan, in the midst of I think is it seven games in a row they've won?
1: Yeah, no, I mean the majority are at home and I suppose we're if we're looking preview wise and I know we we I mean we did touch on it with Kenny there, but I think the dark away on Friday is different to anything they faced in this run. Um, the, the the away win that they had, and I know they won at Bow. You know the one at Bows earlier in the season, uh, when they probably weren't playing as well as they they are now. And they, they they won away in Sligo, who are struggling. It has to be said at the moment, and and maybe things aren't great there. So uh, the dock away on Friday is a completely different uh, challenge to what they faced, uh, and the dock are just. Motoring along very nicely. Um, I still don't think they've hit the level that they probably can. Um, Limerick was a bit of a non-event, really. Um, and I think we'll probably discuss Limerick on another day because there's there certainly you'd be worried about where that club is going at the moment. Um, but uh, they're able to take off Huben and take off Benson and take off Duffy. Um, you know, bring in options off the bench. I mean, uh, Daniel Carey didn't play. Adarjan didn't play. Um, it was a as routine and exercise as you might have in this crowded 10 team season. After they struggled in Bray, it must be said and actually didn't play particularly well and th- that would make you think that there are sort of chinks there that can be can still be exposed, but if in terms of Friday, I just think for Jerry, this is going to be a step up from what they faced and uh on the side that's defending pretty well but also attacking well. I do fancy them to to win to make the best. Uh, at home I, I think
0: I think Derry could nick a point here because I can see an, why you could. High. There's a
1: very strong argument for it. I though. don't
0: think Dundalk defensively are are like totally top notch yet. They've obviously changed the defensive back forward. The central They changed it
1: again. and Fonan played together last time. You hadn't mm. played together since the President's Cup. For the I think first there's a chink there.
0: If you're and and Derry are playing very well going forward, and Patterson seems to be back to some, some something like his best. They're on a high. Um, is this game
1: live actually? No, it's uh, Bowes, Bowes v. Cork is on air. That's not that's good the, preparation. That's the, that's the game of the week. So I Johnny. have to big up Bowes and Cork
0: now. But in fairness, um, uh, I actually think that's going to be a cracking game. Uh, where are you, Friday
1: night? Probably Dundalk, I think, yeah. Probably uh,
0: okay, so I'm going to go for a draw there. Um,
1: yeah. Trevor, what would you make of the Dundalk Derry game? We're not going to look for predictions from every game from because you're involved in one of them. But as a game, how would you assess that? Oh, it looks right?
2: exciting. It looks like it could be a, it could be a cracker Derry game. Um they play quite open as football as we said and, and Dundalk likewise. So it has the potential to be to be a great you look at both teams, they're both set up to attack. They both got great offensive players with Patterson, with McIniff, with Lowe, um, and, and then you look at you look at Dundalk as we said Duffy earlier and it it looks like it's hard not to see lots of goals and that game. it's probably an ill nil all drawn help me see Yeah, I that, don't know, it could do you, be. Do you see yeah. the dog,
1: a lot's been better of this Ndok defensive record this year, it's not the kind of discussions we've had about dog in the last few years, We're generally talking about other attributes, I mean is there something they've changed that's led to this record or is it something just
3: yeah, it's yeah.
2: not. It's not noticeable because if you look, Shields still sitting in front of the back four, or not sitting in front, but playing in yeah. front of the back four. And um, you've the, the two full backs still get on. It's not as if they don't get on anymore. Yeah. Um. The, the two centre halves, like, <laughs> they've they've lost centre halves over the, over the last year or two, and and they've they've gardling, Their Garland hasn't played. Two fantastic guys have been playing for them for the last three or four years. Um. probably. They're spending so much time attacking. It's, it's probably the transitions as opposed to defending. They're defending. They're not letting you out. They pin you in and they're not letting you out on the transitions. They, they, they appear to be better on, better on them or maybe dealing with them better. And, and they're constantly attacking you. Their forward players are, are constantly, they're working very hard. You look at Duffy and we think about him you know, running at people and putting crosses into the box and getting on the end. But when he doesn't have the ball, he's work, he works exceptionally hard. And I think that's in their team. They're working really, really hard from the front back.
0: And two hard-working teams meeting daily on the live air sport game, uh, which I obviously was aware of on Friday night. (laughs) And just after the game last night, I spoke to Conor McCormick, who's been the Cork City captain this season, about how the game went in, in advance of Friday's game
3: a vital two wins in a row really I suppose without playing at your best yeah well it is you know like it's great to come back to Turner's Cross we had a lot of away games there to the start of the season Um it's great to come back to Turner's Cross and uh, get two wins there in a couple of days it's great and you're, you, they put it up to you tonight apparently for so you while to break them down yeah well Sligo like we are good you know like uh, they're a good team um, and like it did take us a while to, uh, to break them down now, we had some uh, like uh, great chances to go ahead and we just didn't take them it could have been one of them nights but uh, thankfully that just shows the, the strength and depth of our squad uh, Yeah, you have the likes of Jimmy Cohan. And, yeah, coming off the bench and Joshua Hanlon and, and Aaron Barry, you know, making the difference, you know, in the last 15 when we needed that and Jimmy took his goal really well.
0: How was it like without your coach tonight, obviously, with the
3: suspension? Yeah, well, obviously, John's a big influence in our team, you know, um, like it was a bit of a difference, um, you know, but like at the end of the day, uh, we needed to win and John had to set up, you know, uh, all week. You know uh, what we were going to do and what way we were going to play against Sligo tonight, and uh, thankfully it worked in the end. How do you find your own performance? You had a kind of a tough enough start to the season in the dark but it's a mm. few games on since, obviously. Oh yeah, well look, um, like like uh, this year, uh, like every game is going to be tough, you know. And uh, I don't help myself if I get an early yellow card, you know. Uh, there's no point in me playing uh, from an early yellow card, you know, because I play on the edge. I like to make tackles, and one mi- little mistake and I'm off. So the manager decides then, so like it's better for the team, you know, uh, t- uh, to make the change early on sometimes, and. Uh, but just myself then as well. Like, like I've been happy enough with the uh, with my performances obviously I uh, disappointed with the with the O G at Waterford. Um, should have avoided that one. Like, but uh, apart from that, I'm pretty happy. The two boys centre back tonight. I mean, they are really impressed. I thought, you know, considering how inexperienced they are. Yeah, well, they're great lads. You know, I had to come in last year and they were they were learning the ropes. You know, um, they were learning from the likes of. Uh, You know, uh, they had Alan Bennett there last year and they were watching them, um, but they've come in now and they've been really good, you know, uh, uh, they've all the attributes to be great players and they go on and, you know, like uh, to maybe move across, you know, um, if they to keep the performances up next up Friday night then for you again. Yeah, well, it's going to be a tough one again. Both um, we watched back uh, the game that they played against Rovers and they played really well as well. I know that they, they got beat off Derry there uh, last night. I think it was uh, Derry a good team up there, but it, like it will be tough. Like all games in Dale and a tough. But we'll hopefully go up there and uh, we believe that we can win. Is it suspicion you're not quite at your full peak yet as well? Yeah, well look, uh, there's a lot of new players that come in this season. Uh, there's a lot of players left last season. enough now the last two games that uh, uh, we've come away with two wins and two clean sheets really important
0: I have to say now the way they're playing at the moment you have to expect that you can get something
2: out of this game Cork yeah yeah cause you're giving Cork a hard time they're, they're the double winners the last year's double winners are two points off the top we, we football play. doesn't love Cork at the moment <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Good Lord. Well I hope Cork play as poorly as you <laughs> <laughs> you suggest they might. Um I'm I'm not I don't see they play poorly. Corker. I'm saying they're playing
0: very very direct. Now if, if you if you get that right now, yeah. how does that suit you guys?
2: Cork, Cork yeah. Cork Cork correct. They've got some fantastic players like in 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 the forward players like I said Sadlier's Exceptional, similar kind of a, a Duffy-esque type of player. He's one v ones, and who so you have right
0: shooting. back now, um, or how are we'll you available for Sadliers? Uh, who Mark and Job? Yeah, well, is, is ho- hopefully back?
2: Derek will be back. Hopefully he's back for Friday. We've 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 Keith Buckley who's been done really, really, well, played really, really well there. So so we've the two guys, either of them can can play right back. They'll have their hands full, but centre half will have their hands full with Cummins and McNamee's probing runs. is It's very difficult to deal with. He's he's an exceptional player and. You, you've got Shepherd on the far side, or you're,
0: you're doing an awful lot of big enough cork here. Yeah,
2: they're, they're come
1: they're on, you can take them on yeah, If he did the opposite, Shane Supple will slap a media ban on him. So, like you know, <laughs> yeah. this is what this is what can go wrong. Um, um, they're, they're the old uh, media ban worked the trick last week <laughs> again. It's going to have a media ban for an entire season. They're going to win the double.
2: <laughs> yeah, they, but they are corker, corker, fantastic. Um,
0: corker. Do you have adequate time to prepare for this game? Not really.
2: Yeah, we've well, not really because we we, we got home from Derry quite late. Um, but you've got to make the best of what we have. We we have what we have. Um, when we're talking on the broader scale of the league and how we how it should maybe structured, that's that's a different. But we we have, you know, we got home at, at probably two. I think it was around two o'clock on on Tuesday. So um, no, you don't get a lot of time to prepare. Look, Cork won't have a lot of time to prepare either. So we're both going into it in in, in that frame. Um, Do you want to give a prediction? <laughs> <laughs> not He's going to go for a three 0 three
1: away win. He's just going to keep things uh, keep things under the radar, you know. Yeah, talk about giving me a tough time,
2: like Genie Mac, You're giving Cork a, a tough time, but I, look, hopefully it, it's a good game, and hopefully we win. Obviously, that's yeah. what we're looking see, for.
1: Yeah, it's, it, Dan. I think yeah. The thing about Cork is I've no. Well, I mean, it's not it's not great to watch. I've no problem with a not team. great that, to watch. I've no problem with a team that's playing direct if it's part of a real clear strategy, and you can see, you know what they're doing what happens I'm not in Europe in Europe if they play like I that I know they, they'll struggle they'll struggle they will struggle there's no doubt about that but I'm just saying that I think Cork last year um they played better football but still they were they seem to have more of a clear purpose with Maguire and Dooley and Shepard and that front three and you knew you knew what they all brought to it whereas I think this year it just seems to be a, a small bit more scattergun in the sense that okay where does he play Mac to me he's put him out Right, one or two of the weeks, um, you know, Shepherds in and out of the team. Sadly, there's a different type of player, and it just doesn't seem as doesn't seem to be that harmony there. Like if you you can play direct with players that are all suited to that, and it can be really functional and effective. And okay, they've still they've still won every single home match. I have
0: to say, their their back four was very good, Dan. They they brought in Horgan right back, um, but the two centre backs, particularly Sean McLaughlin, um, he looks a real player. And he played two unbelievable uh, long passes in the first half that landed pretty much nailed on for Shepherd. The problem was then, he played about six or seven more long balls and they were all just kind of half aimless or at least looked aimless. And you're just like, they're just playing back to front literally the whole game against Sligo.
1: Mm. No, I'm the, I mean, they, they, they play bows on Friday. They play Dundalk next week. If it, I, I haven't seen Cork in a couple of weeks, right? So um, And you're not going to watch them Friday either. I'm not going to watch them on Friday. And obviously they play Dundalk next week. If it's as bad as you say it is, then it will be found out over time. I wouldn't be hugely surprised if some of the better games um, bring something more out of the locker than than what they've shown in recent weeks. And they're winning. Weeks. And, and you know, particularly the Dock next Friday. If they don't get a response for that and they were to somehow lose to the dock, yeah, and then they're in real bother and then there's a whole crisis there but we need a prediction I, fancy, I fancy a draw I fancy a draw, a draw. I'm, with you, on a draw. I'm with you on that I'm you on that Yeah, draw that's quickly wa- uh, Waterford v Bray you have an opinion on this that I mean, Waterford are missing four players yeah I I, I thought k- they really they're appealing Harry in a, a bar but they really look, look
0: like they miss him and Kenny Brown massively Brown missed him Brown's for six weeks yeah that's a big blow I think Waterford's um, season is in It's. we said this after the the court game was great but we said this could be really really troublesome for them and it has been and one of the points should make I think I has been disappointed in what I've seen him. I thought he was, uh, he was
1: excellent against Cork.
0: Yeah, and he was. I thought he was very poor the other night. Funnily enough, yeah. there you are. If I actually fancy Bray to win this uh, as a bit of a shock, I'm going to go with an away win. Just,
1: just yeah, okay. I think there could be an overreaction to expecting that, and and maybe Waterford might win another home game. But Trevor, I mean Martin Russell has gone into Bray. You've probably a bit of experience I got into Bray, and. Uh, slightly different time but the, the principle I suppose is the same uh, w- what type of job is that that you encounter when you go into a club that's at a bit of a low ebb and you're trying to lift things
2: yeah I suppose it
1: can be easy somewhat to a,
2: to a point because when I went into Braid I conceded a, a lot of goals ferocious amount of goals so th- it was obvious what we needed to work on and how, how we needed to to work to try and and, and and stop that. And we did. The first game, I think we beat Pats 1-0. So that can give a great lift and belief to the players. So what what can be a negative can be very quickly turned into a positive, And I'm sure Martin's hoping for that. This week, having beaten Chamrock Rovers on Monday, they're, they're going down to Waterford, who are depleted by, by suspension. So they, he'll use that as a, a carrot to, to, to give belief and to say, look, we can go and get a result here. So... Everything that kind of was negative can be torn quite positive very quickly. And I'm sure that's what Martin will be trying to do. That's what, what I would have tried to do when we went in there. Do
1: you have Sham- a prediction? Um, I, Your home I win, went for a home win. Sorry. Sham- Shamrock Rovers. Limerick. I'd definitely go for home win. Uh, no <laughs> doubt about that. I think it's a good game for Rovers to get back on the road. I think Limerick have some players that in a couple of weeks... They might be a bit better, but at the moment, I think you have Connor to. Uh, Conor gotten... Clifford, yeah, and I spoke about the Barry McGuire down there. There's a lot of them working towards fitness, and they're a bit stacked in certain areas and not strong in others, and they've they've got a dreadful goal scoring record. Home win problem, yeah. Very, I'm home very, win, although very much a home win
0: at the moment. I wouldn't be amazed. And finally, then on Saturday, uh, Patrick's and in Sligo, interesting game, Dan. Yeah,
1: that is really an interesting game because um, Pat's are playing quite well, and I couldn't see them losing. Then there, um, can I see them winning? Um, I mean, Sligo, okay, a bit of a confidence booster. Brendan Clark passed me by last night and said to point out that the ball was moving for Reese McCabe and just wanted that point uh, to be drilled home. It was moving, to Um, be fair, yeah. It was was a great effort, though, to be fair. Um, And we'll see, you know, you saw Sligo last night, I didn't, but um, could that be a draw? Maybe I'm just going to, I'm just going to, Randomly go for a draw in that game. No, great confidence.
0: Tense away win, but uh, I, I thought Sligo weren't bad at all, actually, in Cork. Um,
1: well, we are running a bit tight on time, yeah. so we did, we did ask for questions, so we're not going to get, we got to deal with some of them. Shane Supple did tweet us, though, and say, ask Trevor where he gets his shirt jumper, <laughs> jumper combos from. Yeah, I think I'll take a media
2: ban on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think, that, seriously, Shane Supple's probably the only player that I've coached, that has a worse dress sense than me, actually. (laughs) He's a young man and his dress sense is abysmal. Like he's, I could, I could say what, what I think. What type
1: of, what type of sort of uh, turnout are we talking about? There are a
2: group of people that, that wear clothes that Shane wears, but I wouldn't like to be derogatory to them. So I probably shouldn't (laughs) say, but it's really, really old stuff. It's, I don't know, it was left to him in a wheel or something. <laughs> they been. do that in the GA.
0: Uh, the, the results of the first division, by the way, last weekend were Cabin Teely, two shells nil. Great win for Cabo there at Lone 1, Cove 4, Galway 4, Wexford 1, UCD 3, Harps 2. Harrop's down to 7th at the moment. Um, and Drogheda won Longford, Town 1. Big uh, late point there for Tim Clancy's men. And um, I was actually talking to Jake Hyland at Drogheda. He's like, this is a mad league. Like, Literally five or six teams, is literally nothing between them. And that's more or less now with the table at the moment. Uh, at the weekend, we have Shelburne against Galway United. Big changes
1: at Shells, we should mention as yes, well. Yes, Dan. Dave O'Connor, briefly, new yeah. CEO, and Dave Henderson, leaving Bowes to go in as head of recruitment. And hopefully we,
0: we'll deal with that. We today. will deal with it again, because
1: yeah. the Shells have got uh, they've got some positive plans there and, and pretty badly needed positive plans but again yeah. we, we will review that I think uh, later I will later.
0: be in Tolka Friday night uh, for that game uh, Harps, Cabin Teeley Wexford at Lone Longford and Ustie in Coventrada on Saturday night Trevor it was great to have you on um, I, I can't think of a coach who's mentioned as frequently alongside the manager as you in the league it's always it's nearly always long and Crawley, which I think is a fair appraisal of your um, I suppose success at Bowes in the you know the esteem in which you're held uh, despite the Rovers experience and I hope that um, the season goes well for you and um, you're, I think you're improving greatly in the, as a media performer as well
2: Fingers crossed crossed, and fingers crossed my clothes can improve as well for Shane <laughs> yeah. We'll have you back Five That could be match. more difficult
0: uh, Thanks very much for listening and enjoy the games on Friday night and Saturday